Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, again, it's a weird chapterism. This isn't what it looks like. Secret series by pseudonymous Bosch, book number four. And it's still chapter four, but it says chapter four continued. So like instead of part two, it's just continued. Max Ernest squinted, trying to make out the features of the boy waving at him. In truth, he was just as surprised as the others. Don't tell me you don't remember your old comrade at arms, the boy protested when he reached the nuts table, smiling dazzlingly and removed his monocle. It's only been a year since our last tea time. T-A-T-A. A year and a half corrected Max, corrected Max Ernest, finally recognizing him, but only barely. Actually, a year and eight months. Ah, there's the Max Ernest we all love, except, isn't he? Don't make a mistake around him. He'll catch it every time, the boy said, chuckling. The other two boys at the table laughed in appreciative agreement. The new kids had a peculiarly old-fashioned way of speaking, but he was so relaxed and so self-confident that he didn't seem, it didn't seem weird so much as adult and sophisticated. Are you going to introduce me to your chums? It took a moment for Max Ernest to understand the question because, first of all, he never heard of the word chum spoken out loud. He only read it in books. And about the pair of brothers, uh, and about a pair of brother detectives. And second of all, we established earlier, Daniel, not Danielle, and Glob weren't his chums in the first place. Um, okay, Daniel, not Danielle, Glob, this is Benjamin Blake. He's back, said Max Ernest. He used to go here. At least it appeared to be Benjamin Blake. When Max Ernest had seen Benjamin Blake, he had been several inches shorter and he had looked younger. But it was the way that he spoke more than the way he looked that he represented the biggest that represented the biggest change. The old Benjamin Blake had mumbled his words to such an extent that almost nobody could decipher them. What's more, whenever somebody bothered to figure out what he was saying, it turned out that his ideas were even less intelligible than his words. As an extreme synthesis, Oh, synthesis. His senses were all entangled with each other, and his thoughts were confused, were a confused jumble of colors, sounds, and tastes and smells. Today, his speech was a study in perfect electri- oh, elocution. Okay. He sounded, not to mention looked, like the star of an old black and white movie. Most surprisingly of all was his manner. Once shy and awkward to the, to the point where nearly nobody could function in normal life, he was all cheerful and insocious and casual, savor fair. I don't know what that means. I thought you were a spec, I mean, a different student now. Max Ernest said when he'd recovered from his initial shock. He and Cass had been told that Benjamin was going to a special school for kids with disabilities because Benjamin's value to the min- because because of Benjamin's value to the Midnight Sun, they were supposed to be keeping an eye on him for the Turkish Society. At one time, the Midnight Sun believed that Benjamin's unique brain chemistry might be the key to unlocking the formula of the secret, but they'd figured at school 
but they'd figured a school like that would keep him safe, so they pretty much allowed themselves to forget about him. With a flush of guilt, Max Ernest realized they never even checked to make sure that Benjamin had enrolled. He he could have been anywhere for all Cass and Max Ernest knew. <clears throat> the Midnight Sun had kidnapped Benjamin once before. It was a stroke of luck that they hadn't kidnapped him again. Oh, but what a special story. Very special, said Benjamin Brake. The new Promethean Academy. It was sort of a finishing school, you know, to teach proper social decorum and so on and so forth. But in my case, you could just say it was it was a starting school as well. I feel that they really brought me to life. Max Ernest couldn't disagree, although he wasn't sure what he had preferred the old non-living ben- if he preferred the old preferred the old non-living Benjamin. May I sit down? Max Ernest and nodded, and Benjamin took Cass's seat. It was very likely the first time in history at the nuts table that somebody asked permission before sitting. Max Ernest tried thinking of something to say to his old now, old friend, now stranger, in front of him. So are you going to enter the painting at the Renaissance uh, Masters this year? Renaissance Masters was the name of a student art competition held in conjunction with the Renaissance Fair. Benjamin Blake had won the year he'd entered it. Nah, I don't paint anymore. Really? Max Ernest was surprised. In the past, apart from being prize-winning artist, Benjamin had loved painting. Painting was almost the only way he could communicate with the outside world. Oh, art is a childish pursuit, don't you think? Unless you're truly a great artist. I mean, if you're not going to go to, if you're going to be Michelangelo or Raphael or what's the point? I detest mediocrity. Yeah, me too, said Max Ernest reflectively. Then he thought about it for a moment. Except how do you know you're how do you know if you're if you're going to be something great if you don't try michelangelo didn't know he was going to be great going to be michelangelo until he was michelangelo how about that benjamin smiled writhingly so encouraging so wise you sound like one of my poor little parents max Ernest blushed he had to admit it it sounded like something his parents would say anyways some people thought you were great sure compared to kids but but my destiny lies elsewhere Benjamin held out his monocle to the light and peered into it for a moment, as if his destiny might lie inside. Max Ernest noticed that there were two lenses, one on top of the other. <sighs> that was why the monocle had had bulged slightly out of Benjamin's eye socket. Wow, I've never seen a monocle like that before. It's like a visual oxymoron, you know, because mono means one but it's got two lenses. Actually, you could say a visual, visual oxymoron. You see the contradiction in terms. So it's visual in that sense, but it's also visual in the sense that you look through it. How about that? Huh, I never thought about that way, said Benjamin, quickly bringing it back up to his eyes. Does the second lens make it stronger or something like that? Something like that. Now, on to serious matters. How is our friend Cassandra? I'm so concerned about her. Is she still in the hospital, I take it? Max Ernest frowned. How did you know she was in the hospital, he whispered. He looked over at Daniel, not Dan- Daniel, Danielle, and Glob, making it clear that they weren't meant to be included in the conversation. They turned away, but somehow I doubt they stopped listening. I thought everybody did. I didn't know it was supposed to be a secret. Max Ernest regarded his old new schoolmate with alarm. If an outsider like Benjamin knew about Cass, then anybody might. Even the Midnight Sun, Max Ernest wasn't sure that they would, what they would do with the information. Kidnap Cass from the hospital? Poison her IV? But he didn't want to find out. 
his mission was much more urgent than ever. Anyway, don't tell anyone else. We she wouldn't want people to talk about it, he said. And don't worry about her. She'll be okay soon. I hope, my goodness, what happened to all the disasters in the world if Cass, if our dear Cass wasn't around to protect them? Max Ernest nodded his nodded his assent. Although powers in sar of sarcasm detected detection had improved greatly over the past couple of years it was with any it was with any sarcasm in benjamin's voice and i'm not saying there was i'm not saying there was it was far too subtle for max ernest to discern lunch ended shortly thereafter and as the reunited friends parted ways benjamin coughed and lowered his voice max ernest old chum i don't want to embarrass you but there's a piece of paper stuck to your back may i Gravely and politely, Benjamin unpinned the paper and handed it to Max Ernest. Max Ernest groaned. It was a classic schoolyard prank, the one played on him dozens of times over the years. There were two words written on the paper. Kick me. Thanks, he said, gritting through his teeth. Don't mention it. Benjamin gave a little bow and then sauntered away. Max Ernest was about to toss the offending paper in the trash when he noticed that there was Writing on the back side, it looked like some kind of travel advisory. Warning, L-train, Ord, fair aging, bring olives, not N-words. The words, wording was so strange that Max Ernest immediately suspected he was looking at a coded message from the Turkish Society. Travel-derived encryptions were, were a personal favorite of Pietro's. But what did it mean? Max Ernest could tell at a glance that it wasn't a key co keyword code or any sign of kind of simple alphabet situation substitution. Ord were the letters that they called were all were the call letters for the word Chicago. O'Hare Airport. Was he meant to go there and why? How? Presumably there was an L, shorted for elevated, train in Chicago that led to the airport airport. But as for the fare changing, why should he care? He didn't know how much the old fare. He didn't even know how much the old fare had bring. Bring olives, not n words. Max Ernest figured the the figured the key to the decoder message that lay in the sentence. Simply because it was the oddest, olive was a was a word name that incurred often in palindromic form. Evil equals olive. The most likely salation. Max Ernest concluded would involve, if not palindrome, then at least an anagram. Words equals swords? Then what about N? The N word. There's usually no, but the plural suggested meaning that had been something else. Bring olives, no nuts? The new, not newspapers? Not nuclear bombs? Uncharacteristically, Max gave up and slipped the message into his back pocket. Normally, the message from the Turkish Society would be top priority for him. He would forego all other activities until it was decoded. But this one would have to wait, he decided. He had more pressing matters to attend. Cass. A moment later in the library, Max Ernest wrote an email to Yo Yoji telling him about the unlikely return of Benjamin Blake and about how desperate he was to, to bring Cass back to the present. Get inside Cass's head, Pietro get inside Cass's head, Pietro had instructed him. He had to figure out how right away. Spooky. Okay, the end.